You're listening to My Friend's Place, WGOTLP Gainesville, voted Fun Magazine's Radio Show of the Year.
drop the attic Give me love, give me Fendi, my Balenciaga daddy You gon' need to bag it up Cause I'm spending on Rodeo You can watch me bag it up I'll be gone in the AM And he, he got me Prada Get me Mew Mew like Rihanna He always call me cause I never cause no drama
us new music from Gorillaz, Silent Running featuring Adele Omateo, and you're listening to my friend's place on the BGOT LP Gainesville. Before that, leading the show off the warm-up mix portion this week, you had Kalela with Contact. Then you heard Frankie Rose, Anything. After that, new music from Cheek Face, The Fringe. Uh, after that one, you had Nisa with uh, Inrush. Then new music from one of my favorites, Eve Toomer with Echo Layla. He's got a brand new album out and it's going to be touring, so good news there. Uh, then a little bit of uh, pop music from the great Sam Smith, Unholy featuring Kim Petras. Don't play a ton of pure pop music on here, but I really, really like the production and the uh, originality of that one. So uh, you've heard it a couple times now here on my friend's place. And there you go. You are called up with everything you heard in the warm-up mix this week. So, uh, let's get into a little movie talk, something we do quite often here on My Friend's Place. Uh, not going to review anything technically in this segment, but um, since I really did the last show, the Oscar nominations came out, and I do want to talk about the best picture because, hey, that's a category I think most people care about. And let's do a real quick rundown of the top 10 movies and uh, what I think of most of them anyway, as I've actually seen most of the movies this year um, on the list. Uh, leading things off alphabetically for Best Picture 2023, you have All Quiet on the Western Front, which is a German movie um, about the famous book and the uh, World War One action. And I've seen this on Netflix. I don't think I actually talked about it on my show, although I may have. Uh, my memory it gets a little groggy sometimes, but uh, what I will say about it, it's a very well-made movie. looks great. Uh, actors are great. Of course, it's got the German subtitles, which I don't mind at all, but for whatever reason, some people still, if they're going to have to do a lot of reading, I don't want to watch the movie, although there are some terrible uh, English dubs in there if you really, really don't like subtitles. But uh, everything about the movie is uh, pretty great. Uh, like I said, a very technical, uh, well-made movie. And a thing that kind of struck me uh, tonally, it reminded me a lot of the series M.A.S.H., as they both are kind of talking about the futility of war and just kind of how dumb and silly it can be um, on a like macro or micro level. Um, not so much the TV show, although I guess the TV show a little bit, but more the, the Robert Altman like 1974 movie um, as the characters are kind of put into a situation where they don't deserve to be and uh, they try to make the best of whatever cards they've been dealt. So uh, that's a recommendation for me. Uh, the next one, uh, Avatar, The Way of the Water. I haven't seen it. I do really want to see it. I've heard good things about like the, the technology and the animation and the 3D parts. Um, my only hesitation for not seeing it right now in the theater, it's a three-hour movie. And my goodness, me having to sit for three hours for anything, it's become quite painful. I, I don't know if I've developed this ADD in my older age, uh, kind of all like the social media and TV and all the constant like bombardment of images, but I really have a hard time focusing and sitting still for three hours. Still might make it out to Avatar before it's out of the theaters, because I don't know if I'll ever watch it on television, not in 3D, so um, I guess I'm going to have to hurry up and make a decision about that. Uh, something that I definitely made a decision about already is uh, the next movie on the Oscar list, The Banshees and a Sharon, which is a great movie starring uh, Brandon Gleason and Colin Farrell about these two guys in early 19th century uh, Ireland 
One of which decides he does not want to have anything to do or be friends with the other one. And I already reviewed that one on the show. It's also on my top 12 uh, countdown, which you can find online at Cramela Mix Shows. Um, you, can watch, you can listen to that episode anytime you want. I think I put it out about a week ago, so uh, you can stream that, like I said, by searching for Cramela Mix Show. That's a high recommendation, and it happens to be on my favorite channel, HBO. Speaking of HBO and movies I really like, the next one you have on the list is Elvis. Uh, Elvis is a fantastic visual uh, musical movie by Baz Luhrmann, who has a very distinctive visual style and storytelling technique. And the actor who plays Elvis, um, Austin Butler, he has to be, if not the front runner for the men's Oscar, or leading actor Oscar, uh, he's got to be up there because his performance is awesome. Really like this movie. A lot of fun. Very rewatchable, too. I know I'm at some point when it pops back up on HBO, I'm going to watch it again from uh, start to finish. Uh, that's a high recommendation for me. And like I said, it is also on my top 12 uh, movies of the year. My friends' uh, podcast that you can listen to online. Then a movie that I've seen that's a Best Oscar uh, Picture nominee, Everything, Everywhere at Once, uh, which is kind of a takeoff of the whole Marvel multiverse. It's got action, it's got comedy, it's it's pretty funny, it's very original, um, great cast, including a short round uh, from Indiana Jones fame. I uh, really liked it. It kind of drags on at the end, and that's probably the only thing that kept it from being in my top 12 movies of the year. Uh, but that one is a recommendation as well. Uh, then, the next one's The Fablemans. One of the only movies, maybe the only movie on this list that I probably will not see. I just have zero interest in this movie, which is basically the uh, biography of Steven Spielberg. I've heard enough from people that have seen it. And I've heard enough from uh, people or read reviews of people that have seen it to know that probably just not going to be my thing. And I think there's a lot of truth behind the uh, assertion that this is basically like a career nomination for Steven Spielberg and not one of his best movies. But hey, I haven't seen it, so what do I actually know? Um, maybe I'll wind up watching it when it shows up on uh, one of the streamers that I pay for. After that, though, Tar, a movie I do really recommend you see. It was number two on my top 12 list. It's excellent. Um, you've got Kate Blanchett playing this Berlin Orchestra leader who's just about to get me too for some really bad life choices that she's made. It's a really great movie. It's number two on my list, and I think it's available now to stream on either Paramount or Peacock if you, for whatever reason, have one of those. But um, otherwise, you can do a VOD. Uh, speaking of VOD, that's how I saw the next movie uh, on the list here on the Oscar uh, nominees. It is Top Gun Maverick, which uh, now is actually on Paramount, but at the time I rented it a uh, VOD. Starring Tom Cruise, of course. Um, this movie, in my opinion, really, uh, it's fun, and it's a good ride. Maybe not one of the best top ten movies of the year, at least not for me. And I will tell you, this movie suffered from the fact, at least when I saw it, that I had heard so much about it, how awesome it is, how perfect it is, uh, what a great you know return to um, action movies and Tom Cruise and had all this other stuff. And then I saw it, and it was just pretty good. But maybe if I had seen it before, I 
had heard and read all the hype, it would be higher up in my list of the favorite movies of 2022. All that said, I do like it. I mean, it's basically just the same exact plot from the first Star Wars where they have to destroy the Death Star. Same idea, except this time you have a... Tom Cruise doing a fighter plane instead of a Luke Skywalker in an X-Wing fighter. Then the uh, ninth nominee for Best Picture of the Year is one of my top ten list. My favorite comedy of the year, Triangle of Sadness. Uh, so this one is kind of the same premise as White Lotus where you have the interactions between filthy rich people and people at resorts and on this case a boat that work for them. Uh, this is was the only like pure comedy uh, my top 12, actually no, it was one of two, because the Weird Al movie is also just comedy, but uh, yeah, it's just a straight up comedy, it's, it's really, really funny, maybe a little too long, but definitely worth uh, checking out if you haven't seen that, and then the final one on the, the uh, Oscar uh, Best Picture nomination list is Women Talking, and I have not seen it, I'm really looking forward to seeing this, it'll be one that I'll probably wait or to come on VOD or a streamer. Uh, the basic idea there is it is kind of like a cult movie where you have these women who are part of the Mennonites and they've been subjected to some horrible treatment and maybe some criminal activity and they're making a decision whether to escape or stay with the religion. I'm really looking forward to seeing that one uh, and hopefully I think it's going to be streaming here in the next couple of weeks so um, after I see it I'll almost certainly do a proper review of that. So there you go. That is your uh, Oscar Best Picture nominations for 20. 23, I guess, or 2022 movies. I guess it's the 2023 Oscars, so they're, they're your 2023 nominations, even though they're all 22 movies. Anyway, uh, trying to wrap my head around that for a second. But uh, what I don't need any help wrapping my head around is great music, and you're going to hear more of that here on My Friend's Place. You've got Healing Potpourri, a song titled Sticky, and you're going to get the Jerry Paper remix of that one. Uh, enjoy. <laughs>
I'll double down on an awkward pop. Frown covered brow when it's red from the heat of a bad encounter. Loud but irreverent, it's split up like severance of social downers. Spoiled but incompetent, callous and soft, and the pollen spreading outward. Under the wing that's embedded in human nature, double head you for faces. Green and blue, the blue pick and choose to tell you chasing who you racing. Catch a snitch, burn the witch, and drain the basins. Fluids flowing, druids growing, free the masons, free the Martians, free your mind, see the blind, leave the toxins. Imperfections make an excellent concoction. Free your mind, see the blind, bleed them toxins. Imperfections make an excellent concoction.
Attention, I can't stand attention Bits in the ink and I can take the string Such a big thing for the pouring rain Love's too tight to mention, I can't stand attention Yeah.
on WGOTLP Gainesville. What else did you just hear? Well, let me tell you so you can support those artists, um, whether it's on Bandcamp or maybe streaming them on Spotify or however else you can concern music when you're not listening to WGOT. And first up in that block, you had Healing Potpourri with Sticky, a Jerry Paper remix. After that, it was Temps with Bleed Them Toxins, which features uh, Joanne Gamila, Namade, Shamir, and Kel Chris. After that, you had H. Hawkline with Plastic Man, and then it was Lyle Neal with I Am the River, and then finally, the song before the last was one from Caroline Polacek, Blood and Butter, and again, thank you so much for making my friend's place in WGOT part of your listening experience uh, today. Uh, speaking of WGOT, uh, we have, are available streaming anytime. You can find up-to-date information on that by going to WGOT.org. You can find us on TuneIn Radio, Radio Garden, a bunch of other options depending on how you like to listen to your internet radio. Uh, Also, while you're online, if you haven't done so already, please give our Facebook page a like if you happen to be on Facebook. Uh, That will keep you up-to-date with uh, schedule changes, opportunities to volunteer, uh, fundraising efforts, and all things going on at WGOT. Plus, uh, quite a plethora of dumb memes, which I think everybody at this point uh, likes a dumb meme or two. And we have plenty of those at the WGOT Facebook page. So uh, there you go. Before we get into more new music, earlier in the show did the uh, Oscar top, or top 10, the Oscar 10 picture nominees for 2023. Um, if you missed that, you can always listen to my friend's place online via Mix show. Um, but what I want to do right now is I actually saw a couple of new movies uh, the past couple of weeks, and I'm going to do super fast, quick reviews of those. Uh, maybe you'll hear something that you've been thinking about seeing, or maybe you'll hear something that you uh, never want to see, or uh, maybe something you uh, might get a uh, fire lit underneath you to see. Well, whatever. I've got three quick reviews of stuff I've seen the past couple weeks, and I'm going to go in order from least favorite to favorite movie. First, 
uh, I got a chance to see a film called The Wonder on uh, the Netflix. And The Wonder is a historical drama set in um, 1850s, yeah, I think 1850s Ireland. So about 75 years before Banshees of Anna Sharon, if you're keeping track. The Wonder stars the awesome Florence Pugh um, as a nurse who is traveling from London to Ireland, and her purpose or her reason for doing that is she's been asked to come over uh, with a medical opinion to determine if this teenage girl in Ireland, who supposedly hasn't eaten in months, is part of a religious miracle, or is she a hoax and somehow is uh, cheating and sneaking food. And I gotta say, the director of The Wonder does something I was quite amazed with, uh, which is to make Florence Pugh look like a plain, pretty, ordinary woman, which is really impressive because, uh, well, anyone who's seen a Florence Pugh movie uh, should know at this point um, she definitely does not look like any ordinary plain Jane, um, as she is quite a, quite an attractive uh, female. Um, in a very, uh, very nice way, and a wonderful actress too. Don't get me wrong, but uh, to have her kind of look like an ordinary purpose, I was impressed with with that makeup effort and that uh, wardrobe record. Um, especially if you've seen her recently, and don't worry, darling. And I won't say anything else um, about what happens in that movie, even though I reviewed it quite a while ago here on my friend's place. But anyway, uh, enough about Florence Pugh. The Wonder has a, a pretty good story. It's dark, which I appreciate. Uh, like I said before, Pew is one of the best actresses, uh, most talented actresses working. Wasn't blown away with The Wonder, um, but it is uh, pretty solid, and I like the ending, which often isn't the case with the with the movies these days. So that one, like I said, is available on Netflix. Uh, mild recommendation. Then another uh, small movie I saw recently is this movie called Causeway, about this... Uh, Soldier coming back uh, to New Orleans from fighting in the Middle East with some injuries from a bomb and very serious, uh, severe PTSD. Causeway stars Jennifer Lawrence, another actress who I really like as the lead. And give her credit, she is really convincing in this role and this character as someone who uh, has been quite damaged by war, which uh, was a theme in uh, All Quiet in the Western Front that we talked about as a top 10 or best picture nominee. Um, but the main reason I wound up watching Causeway was because Brian Tyree Henry, who is uh, one of the lead roles and who I absolutely love on the FX TV series Atlanta. He plays the rapper uh, Paperboy. And he got a, a deserved, really deserved, uh, supporting actor nomination uh, nomination for uh, 2023. So that really caught my my attention. I knew about the movie, but it kind of put it on the back burner, or back burner rather. Um, but after hearing him get nominated, I really pushed it up on my list of things I wanted to see. Uh, but anyway, he plays uh, a new friend uh, that Jennifer Lawrence meets and makes when she comes back uh, uh, from the military, and he actually has his own really intense set of issues and severe PTSD regarding an accident um, that he was involved in. He wasn't in the army, but uh, something really uh, traumatic happened in his life, which the characters are able to bond over. Uh, Causeway is 
really uh, pretty small, like in the scope, um, as it is just kind of a, a look, a day-to-day -day look at their, their friendship and how it develops. But yeah, that said, I really liked it. In fact, I may have to actually go back at some point and maybe put it somewhere in my uh, top 10 favorite movies of, of 2022 list, because I really did enjoy it, um, especially for what it was, which is just a really uh, well-acted, well-made, like, adult drama about, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder, which is a major topic in today's world. And um, you don't have to rent it uh, if you have Apple+, Plus, because that's where it is streaming. So uh, that is a pretty strong recommendation there for that one. And then last but not least is Megan. Megan's a movie that's gained uh, quite a bit of notoriety uh, in pop culture, including a couple weeks ago a really funny SNL sketch that actually got me even more interested in seeing the movie after seeing that sketch with uh, Chloe Fineman playing the, the robot girl, which is which is pretty funny. And coincidentally enough, Megan was the third straight movie I watched with about dealing with intense, awful uh, trauma as the main character, uh, the little girl whose name is Katie. Her family um, is on the way to a vacation, and they wind up in a car accident where uh, both parents are killed after a snowplow runs into their car. So um, shout out to Jeremy Renner, who almost died for real in a snowplow accident. If you haven't heard that story, that's one to, to Google. Um... But to get back to Megan, Katie, um, after her parents' death, she's going to live with her Aunt Gemma, or Gemma rather, who's played by Allison Williams, who you may or may not know as Brian Williams, and best known for that uh, HBO series Girls. And I cannot overemphasize this enough about Allison Williams and her character. She, by far, is the worst movie caregiver in the history of all movies who isn't actually supposed to be a villain. And I gotta say, her character is so, like, comically bad. I don't know if it was intended to be written this way or actor's choice or whatever, but her, her aunt, this aunt is so bad that she could have truly been a character like Elaine from Seinfeld. In fact, one of the little subplots in Megan the movie is there is a scene where the little girl Katie uh, founds like a toy on Aunt Gemma's shelf and she won't let Katie play with it because it's a collector toy, uh, which is an actual plot uh, line from an episode of Seinfeld or uh, when Jerry's girlfriends wouldn't let her play with her collector toys. But uh, keep in mind, so she won't let her play with the toy, and there's other things too, but uh, keep in mind that her niece has come to live with her. Uh, Gemma is now the parent of this child. There's nothing in the house for the kid to do, and the, she just had the trauma of losing both her parents in the car crash. But, but Aunt Gemma's serious about her collector toys, so that part I thought was... I don't know if it was meant to be funny or just, I don't know, can't really explain it, but Aunt Jim is the worst aunt of all time in pretty much any movie that's not supposed to be an actual villain. And like I said, there are other multiple examples of her being the worst, but uh, anyway, let's get back to the plot because, uh, as it turns out, Aunt Gemma really doesn't want to be bothered with her niece, even though she's gone through this intense trauma. 
So what does she do? Uh, she works at a toy factory. She's kind of an engineer or an inventor or whatever. So she brings home Katie, uh, this model, this untested robot prototype that they're not really sure if it works or not or if it's safe. And it, they're kind of developing behind the board's back and lots of other bad things, again, for Aunt Gemma. Um, basically, uh, Crystal Robot's name is Bagan, but basically she's going to babysit Katie uh, so Aunt Gemma doesn't have to. And this is where um, the main storyline comes in, which is the killer doll. So for Megan, I was like hesitant to watch this or wasn't really that excited about it in the beginning because I was really expecting the movie to go full camp, uh, like the Child's Play movies. And um, this is at the point of the movie, like, okay, here's where it's going to get really silly and funny and kind of dumb. But in fact, it really didn't happen um, after they introduced uh, Megan to the movie. And I gotta say, uh, Megan builds up a lot slower than I was expecting, which is a good thing in my book. And it was also like kind of darker or more realistic and a lot more like a traditional horror movie instead of like the horror comedy I was expecting, like Child's Play, which, you know, camp. Um, you do have Ronnie Chang, who you may or may not know if you watch The Daily Show. He is definitely uh, the comedy relief, and his character and his acting and the writing are fantastic for, for his character. He plays the, the head of the toy company that Gemma works at. And then um, the movie never really goes completely over the top like I was expecting. And um, actually the horror is pretty, uh, pretty creepy and well-crafted. And absolutely one of the best decisions that the producers and the directors and the people behind the movie made was to actually have a person play this killer doll instead of going full CGI or puppet or, or whatever. And I think that really helped uh, set the tone and made it a little bit scarier having this uh, girl in a creepy doll costume, basically. Um, overall, Megan is funny and good writing, good jokes. Some intended, I don't know about... Aunt Gemma stuff that may be intended or unintended. It also has like uh, interesting social commentary about today's world and it is surprisingly good as just looking at it as a, a pretty simple horror movie and I can actually see why it did really really well at the box office because it had a lot of good things going for it um, even though like I said some of the stuff was kind of silly. Uh, it's only available on video demand at the moment, but I know that it's going to either pop up on Peacock or Paramount, depending on whoever that uh, the movie uh, production company is. So that should happen pretty soon if you don't want to just spend the money renting it on video demand, or or maybe you do, because I do. I give that one a pretty uh, pretty good recommendation there. So uh, one of the things that seems to happen a lot uh, for movies that I watch, if they have really good uh, music, Turns out the movies are generally pretty good themselves, and Megan has really great uh, movie, uh, music. Rather, it has the original score, which is fine, but they also use a lot of outside movies, uh, music in this movie, which doesn't happen that often uh, in modern movies. Uh, and they did a really good job with the songs they picked. So I've actually got three songs from the Megan soundtrack uh, for you to enjoy. All of them are pretty awesome, too. Uh, the first one's going to be one from Charlotte Gainsbourg uh, called Deadly Valentine. And it's going to be the Soul, or Soul Wax remix of that one here on My Friend's Place. Uh, so enjoy.
Let's resist at any time or place. Creeper and slap right across your face. Yeah. Yeah. Take care. Gonna get you good.
you go. That's LaPlante Zero from the Megan soundtrack, and that song title is Freedom Fry. One of three in a row from the Megan uh, soundtrack. Uh, maybe I just reviewed in the previous segment that I like and I recommend for the listeners, especially if you like that three-pack of songs. But anyway, uh, first up from that soundtrack, you had Charlotte Gainsbourg with a Deadly Valentine, the Soul Wax remix. Uh, then it was Scat Brothers, Walk the Night. And then, as I mentioned before, you had LaPont Zero, Freedom Fry, and there you go. You're all caught up to everything you've heard this week here on My Friend's Place. So, um, uh, before we jump back into new music... It is time for uh, my newest new segment, which I'm calling Smuggler's News, where we attempt to shine a light on the many failed policies and pretty much the absolute futility of the U.S. war on drugs here. So uh, last week, or last time rather, it's been a couple weeks since I've done this segment, um, but anyway, I presented the uh, Afro Man story, and you may have forgotten about Afro Man. He was a one-hit wonder. Uh, basically singing a very popular song in the 2000s about getting high. Um, either way, um, he's been living his best life in Ohio, um, in his house, touring around small clubs, making appearances of whatever uh, D-list celebrities do to make a living. But his life was interrupted when the Ohio police in his local town ransacked his house based on a signed search warrant looking for kidnapping victims and large amounts of narcotics. And, of course, they found uh, almost nothing at all after kicking his door in. This week, we're going to head a little north of the border uh, to Canada in British Columbia. And in the news this week, we have a drug smuggling pigeon. Now, this drug smuggling pigeon, I've got to say, I'm looking at its picture on the storyadvice.com if you want to check it out. And it is a very cute little bird uh, with this little tiny adorable backpack chock full of these methamphetamine pills. And the bird got captured inside a British Columbia prison. And I got to say, the, the picture, like I said, it's adorable and it looks like, you know, this little teeny tiny raver from Simon's way back in the 90s, wearing a teeny little tiny backpack, maybe full of illicit drugs, maybe full of whatever. Um, but anyway, that's the first image that popped in my mind. And, uh, you know, I, lo- I love this bird. It's really adorable. But as it turns out, uh, there is actually a long history of birds of this type smuggling drugs. Going back to at least the 1930s, where there's a New York Times article about these birds that were used to smuggle cocaine over the southern border into the United States. So uh, more than, or almost 100 years of it, 90 years for sure, but I'm gonna bet this was probably going on even before 1930. Uh, More recently, you've had these international cases around the world that made headlines, one in Costa Rica, one of birds smuggling drugs from Iraq to Kuwait, and these birds are always wearing uh, backpacks full of drugs. And really, my big, one of my big questions, and one of my big takeaways about these drug smuggling uh, homer pigeons is, okay, we know about these couple that have been caught, but how many of these birds are making it through like on a regular basis? And now, we don't have any direct statistics, so I'm just going to throw a number out there. I'm going to guess 
my best guess is I think on an average 99.9% .9 of these birds uh, make it through with these small uh, packages of drugs and I gotta say if I were a drug smuggler and I had like a small content of drugs I needed to move from one place to another I gotta say these these pigeons are a pretty good way to do it um, as I learned well at least according to this vice article that homing pigeons actually have a range and I'm going to assume this number is true uh, don't hold it to me, it's not my number, but uh, 700 miles. Uh, I'm guessing that's probably a round trip, so 350 one way, uh, 350 back. And the prison officials that caught the bird at this British Columbia prison, uh, they, of course, they weren't surprised about drugs at all. I mean, everyone who knows anything about prison know um, that how easy it is to get uh, drugs in prison. You know, turns out, if you're a drug addict, and you get arrested for drugs, and you go to prison, well, like your addiction doesn't go away. So uh, they've been fighting drugs for quite a while, coming into prisons. I think as we know how most of the time drugs get in there, if it's not the prison guards, then it is someone most likely smuggling it in their anus. Um, but getting back to this story, uh, the only thing that the guards or the people that ran the prison were really surprised about is just how uh, low-tech the operation is. Because in years, especially in Canada, they have been sieged with drones now bringing drugs over the walls into the prison. Um, so there you go. Drug smuggling prisons. Or pigeons, rather. Taking drugs into prisons. So what do we have here? Well, we have a guy that was probably using drugs maybe dealing drugs on the outside to support his or her habit. They've been arrested, now they're in jail, most likely for drug offenses. Not to say that there aren't violent offenders in jails, but um, again, I think the statistics bear out that most of the people in jail are probably there uh, for mi more minor offenses like drugs. So we have drug addicts in jail for drugs, and here they are, despite the fact that they're in jail for drugs, they're still compelled to smuggle drugs into prison even after being arrested for drugs. So I look at it and number one I see, well, our drug policy clearly has failed if we still have drug smuggling pigeons in 2023. Um, but the other thing I really thought about, like this you know, thing that's happening where guys getting arrested for drugs and then smuggling drugs into the prison is that this is more or less the methamphetamine circle of life, just like the Lion King, except with meth. So there you go. That's your smugglers news this week here on My Friend's Place. The next band and song title I thought was pretty appropriate after talking about uh, drugs in prison. You're going to hear a new one from The Nude Party, and the song title is Hard Times. Uh, thanks for tuning into My Friend's Place.
Stole my 
blows every shade for a dream Don't have fear for you somehow above up in the sky Maria It'll be all right It'll be From you somehow above my body tonight I know that I never told you So tonight I'll try, Maria It'll be alright, Maria Stay.
Okay, there's new music from Varsity Done With Bits. Before that, you had Nude Party, Hard Times. Then it was Sam Burton with Maria. After that, you had Perla on Glow. And there you go. Caught up to everything you've heard this week here on My Friend's Place on WGOTLP Gainesville. Before I head out the door and hand things over to another great DJ here at WGOT. I do want to do a little bit of a housekeeping, shopkeeping type announcements. First and foremost, um, WGOT, of course, depends on donations. That's its main source uh, to keep the station up and running. We'd really like you to uh, consider doing that on a monthly basis through Patreon. Uh, go to patreon.com, search for WGOT, sign up for as little as $1 a month, or if you can afford more, we always appreciate that. Uh, that gives us a monthly uh, steady source of revenue that we can count on and really help keep us afloat during uh, some of the COVID times. So, again, that's patreon.com. Com, uh, backslash WGOT. Another thing, and perhaps even bigger than Patreon, at least for us, is we are in desperate need of people to do some underwriting with uh, WGOT. And if you're not familiar with the underwriting um, idea, it's more or less public radio and community radio's way to quote unquote advertise. We're not like officially allowed uh, to run advertisements, but we are able, um, if you have a business or some kind of service that you provide, we are able to read and uh, tell like your operating hours, where you're located, and things like that. And we would definitely love to have some local businesses come on board and uh, underwrite with us for a very, very reasonable uh, price. We've got great listeners, great supporters, and I guarantee if you uh, are looking for a certain market to reach, WGOT can definitely help you do that. Um, also, definitely here, right here, um, my friend's place would love to have a sponsor come in and do some underwriting with my show. And I'm sure there's pretty much uh, different types of shows for everyone's taste. So, again, you've got a business, small business, know someone with a small business, you want to help WGOT out, and you want to uh, reach some very loyal listeners. Uh, this is one of the most affordable ways you can do that is by underwriting with WGOT. And finally, if you want to listen to this episode again, uh, search for Cramela Radio Shows, and that will take you to uh, past episodes of My Friend's Place and my other show that I do here, uh, Cramela Mix Show. Both of those are keep under the same umbrella and um, free content, basically. You can uh, stream and listen anytime you want through Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and a variety of other podcasting uh, platforms. So we are at that time where it is time to give the closing track this week and i got a pretty great one it's one from mgmt it's a remix of, remix of their great song kids now to me good remixes are one of the hardest thing to do in all of music especially when you're talking about indie and alternative um because it's so easy just to kind of do the same version of that song or something cheesy it's really hard to take the best parts of an original and make it something completely new without sounding completely new um this remix of kids i think manages to do that and it is your closer this week um hope you enjoy it as much as i do and i will be back same time same channel next week so um here you go this week's closer is mgmt kids uh, the theodorus tree antifilu and magna uh, maganta project remix Ooh, that wasn't easy to say but anyway cool song i'm out of here <laughs>